0: The Lord has on my heart this morning. Anybody else got a word to say for the Lord before we start? Amen. Thank you for testifying. The Lord's been good to us. I believe we obey Him. He'll give liberty. He'll give liberty to worship and liberty to preach. I believe that was obedient to be able to pray to the Lord. And I believe it will help us this morning. 1 John chapter 1. I was going to read First John chapter two, but I believe I'm going to start in First John chapter one because I believe it ties in to verse number, chapter number two. First John chapter one, verse nine. If you've found your spot, we'll stand and reverence the Word of God together. The Bible says, and I'm not really going to preach on these verses, but I am going to read them for contextual purposes. The Bible says if we sin, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. He goes through and he says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Lord, we need your help this morning. I need your help. And I pray, God, you'd give leadership and we'll be obedient to you. We bless your name and thank you for your good uh, spirit of prayer and, Lord's spirit of worship this morning thus far. We ask you, God, to not be done with us. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we have come to one, uh, a great passage of Scripture. And um, you know what makes it so great is because I'm in it. Amen. And you're in it. Um, there's a word in here that we know, but we may not know in the same manner. We've heard the word propitiation. You may not know the definition to the word propitiation, but I'm going to tell you what it is. And the Webster's Dictionary... 1828 tells us that the word propitiation means an atoning sacrifice. It means an atoning sacrifice. Now in the Thayer's Dictionary, it means an appeasing sacrifice. An appeasing sacrifice. And on Google, it means to win or to gain, regain the favor of someone by doing something that pleases them. Google don't have very good definitions, but that's a pretty good definition this time. And so it may not be a word used often, but I'm thankful that I'm thankful for the word. In three times in scripture in Romans chapter 3 verse 25 it uses the word propitiation. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 2 it uses the word propitiation. And in 1 John chapter 4 in verse number 10 it uses the word propitiation. That's the only time it's used all throughout scripture, old and new testament. And so, if you look, you can see the principle of the of what a propitiation is, meaning an appeasing sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, uh, and someone that does something to appease uh, the wrath of somebody else uh, in order um, to help somebody. You can get where we're going there. And so, so if you look in the Old Testament, you can see as uh, if you look in the tabernacle, you'll find there in the tabernacle that the high priest. Uh, in that time every year and that at that time on the on the realm of um they would come together in that place and he would go behind the veil once a year and he would uh sacrifice uh, something and put the blood of that something on the mercy seat uh, And he would do that for the sins of a nation in that time. Uh, And so he would go in and he would put that sacrifice on top of the mercy seat. Uh, And if you were to look in that time, we understand we've preached on it before, and uh, that mercy seat was higher than everything else. And according to Hebrews... Aaron's rod that budded was in there and the law was in there or the broken tablets and, and they were in there and uh, therefore recommend, uh, representing the law and all, I know there's only 10 that's in on the broken tablets but if you look there's 613 laws uh, and so according to everything and putting everything all together he would go in there uh, and he would put that mercy seat uh, put that blood on that mercy seat uh, and it would cover over the law of God. It would cover over the oracles and all the laws uh, and the precepts that God had given to the people of the Old Testament. Uh, And no man could keep that law. Uh, The Pharisees were good at trying to keep that law, but they had religion, uh, um, but the relationship was not there. Uh, and so they would go in there and uh, and the Lord, as the Lord would uh, come down that time of Passover one time a year, uh, and as He would look down upon that mercy seat, uh, He would just see the blood of a lamb. Uh, he would just see the blood of a heifer or of a goat uh, or of something along that lines, uh, something that had to be perfect, something that had to be um, just amazing, uh, without spot and without blemish, uh, as that priest would put that blood on that mercy seat seat and the Lord would look down uh, and he would look through the wings of the cherubims which were over top of the mercy seat uh, and he would see that there is not there's law up underneath it uh, there's a broken law matter of fact underneath it uh, and there's the burden of labor which is underneath it in Aaron's rod that butted uh, and there's all of those things which are underneath the mercy seat uh, but on top of that mercy seat there was blood uh, and that blood was enough uh, that when God looked down upon it it uh, would appease his wrath uh, for another year. For another year would appease His wrath. And we know this uh, uh, offering was not a permanent offering because the high priest had to repeat it every year uh, uh, on the day of atonement. He would come back in uh, and he would repeat it again. But it did, however, uh, point to the propitiation uh, of what Christ uh, would eternally secure uh, as He fully satisfied uh, the righteous demands uh, of a holy God. Uh, And I tell you, so this morning and I'm going to preach this thought. I'm going to preach He is my propitiation. He is my propitiation. Number one, we see the giving of propitiation. He goes through and He said, and He is the propitiation of for our sins. He is the propitiation for our sins. John looks out there and he tells us um, that the gift of propitiation is for all and it is there, and it's personal. And I tell you, look with me. I noticed as I was going through it, I noticed the supplying of the propitiation. The supplying of the propitiation. He says, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Isn't that not right? He is. John tells us that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the One who created the earth, the Son of the living God, is the propitiation for our sins. And considering what we discussed in the introduction there, we know that the sacrifices of old brought temporary, temporary appeasement, right? Just things that would just temporarily appease the wrath of an almighty God. Uh, It would just temporarily do that. But these these sacrifices of blood, uh, these sacrifices of millions of gallons of blood uh, um, did nothing to appease God. uh, But for a short period of time, uh, um, these could never uh, fully satisfy the righteous demands of God for sin in order for sin to be atoned for god had to be sacrificed god had to be sacrificed with uh, for this offering and there would ne- there would need to be a perfect sacrifice and in essence god himself uh, would have to be that offering uh, and so Christ came to this earth uh, in a form of a man uh, and there he was uh, in order to provide the atoning sacrifice for sin. Propitiation uh, for sin would not have been possible apart from the sinless, perfect sacrifice of God Himself. And so, all of this time, and men had offered countless. Sacrifices down through the ages, and they'd offer sacrifices of lambs and of doves and of goats and and of heifers and all of these things and all the uh, all the accordance to the law of God. Uh, um, but these would uh, they were unable uh, um, to appease, and they were unable to be accepted for a good time, uh, and they were unable to appease the judgment of God uh, because that would require a perfect sacrifice it would require a perfect sacrifice the book of Hebrews tells us very clearly about this I'd like to turn over there and read it just quickly Hebrews chapter number 10 the Bible says very clearly in verse number 1 the Bible says for the law having a shadow of good things to come Not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offended year by year continually make the commerce therein too perfect. For then would they not have have ceased to be offered? So what it's saying there in verse number 1 is that if those sacrifices were good enough, they could have stopped being offered. It says, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers... Once purged, should have had no more conscience of sins. Meaning uh, that they would have been all, their sins would have been purged if the offering was sufficient. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and the blood of goats take away sins. But there was a sacrifice that came and He is the propitiation for our sins. And then it tells us not only the supplying of it, but there's the sacrifice in it. He says, uh, He is the propitiation. It doesn't just stop there. This is for Our sins. For our sins, uh, and keep in mind the nature of uh, propitiation is a sacrifice to appease uh, a punishment. That's what it is practically. Uh, It's doing something uh, to appease somebody else. Uh, And we know that such a sacrifice was demanded. It was demanded and, and the sacrifice had to be offered in blood. For without the shedding of blood, There's no remission for sins. Is that right? And so he's doing this for sins and without the shedding of blood, uh, it absolutely demanded blood. For life to be given, death had to be given. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And in order for atonement to be made uh, for sin, the sacrifice had to die. The sacrifice had to die. Jesus, uh, being our propitiation, uh, offered Himself uh, um, for our sins uh, in our stead. Uh, He had to die. And He offered Himself as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. If there was any hope for mankind to be brought back to God in any way, simply Christ had to die. That's the only way that man could have been brought back to God. And I wish I could get it out uh, exactly how the Lord gave it to me, but I just can't. But I tell you, it it is impossible to fully comprehend uh, um, the propitiation and the price that was paid uh, to redeem uh, mankind from sin and reconcile us to God. Uh, It's absolutely impossible to fully comprehend it. uh, But the death of Christ upon the cross uh, was the propitiation uh, for our sins. uh, And Christ's death was a horrific death. It was a horrific death. Uh, It was not a quick and easy death. Uh, It was none of those things. But as He was crucified upon the cross, a sinless Lamb of God was laid upon Him. The sin of all mankind was laid upon Christ. And as He was crucified upon that cross, it was placed upon Him. And He bore our sin in His body as He hung upon that cross. It's amazing to me. I could sit here and just barely talk about it and just... But it's exciting to me. Because He did it for me. I tell you, the perfect, the perfect, perfect Son of God literally became sin so that we could be forgiven and made accepted by God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He made him be sin for us. Who knew no sin? We might be made the righteousness of God in Him. As Christ bore our sin in His body, God the Father in complete righteousness, it it pleased the Lord to bruise Him, in complete righteousness judged our sin in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ understanding that in the old days in the tabernacle times when that there would be sacrifices that were given for the family and for all those but those sacrifices they never appeased God but for a short period of time you say I hope we don't ever have to go back to the blood the goats listen Christ died once You know what? He's not going to die again. He paid for all sins the first time. And I'm telling you, as they were there and they were killing those animals and slaying them for their sins, they just had to continually do it. They were putting their sins on that lamb. Man, in accepting Christ and His payment is putting our sins, excuse me, is accepting that He put our sins yeah. on the Lamb. It's different, friend. The wrath and the judgment of God was poured out on the Son. There was three hours being judged by a crowd and three hours being judged by the Creator. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, Jesus endured the judgment as... One who deserved it. You understand what I've said right there, right? He bore it like he deserved it. But he never done one of them. He never done one. If you lie, the Bible says that Jesus said, I did not come to take away the law but to fulfill the law. The law. All 613 laws. He's the only one that fulfilled the law. He's the only one that all that law could be lined up to Christ. If you lined that law up beside Jesus Christ, you wouldn't see one imperfection. He commit, he he absolutely fulfilled the law. Amen. You line yourself up to the law, and I promise you'll find it every day. You've breaking some law. But if you line it up to Christ, friend, he never done a thing. But he did. He paid for the debts of all the lawbreakers, I'm telling you friend he bore our sin on that cross and it's enough to shout about it's enough to be thankful for it's enough to cry about because the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18 the Bible says for Christ also hath once suffered for sins the just for the unjust the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God that's what the Bible says That he might bring us to God and being uh, being put to death in the flesh. And quickened by the Spirit. That is us. Christ died with our sins on his shoulder. Beloved, he did it all so that we might live. I'm thankful that it was truly a sacrifice. We see the giving of propitiation. Secondly, I want you to notice the grace of propitiation where the Bible says... And He is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So here we see how simply it is grace that's extended through propitiation. So understand this. We'll get there in just a second. We see in this text, we see sin's presence. So we see the presence of sin. The Bible says, uh, and He is the propitiation for our sin. Not for us, only for all the sins of the whole world. John tells us a very eternal truth there. He tells us that we must comprehend uh, that we are sinners. But Jesus is the propitiation for that sin. We were born in sin due to the fall of Adam. Right? We understand that. It was the fall of Adam that doomed humanity. We understand that. And the Bible tells us in verse nine and verse ten of chapter one that we are going to sin. Simple. If we confess our sins. Why well, we need to confess something that we didn't do? We will sin. We will sin. Simple. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I tell you, and it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar. We've sinned. There's not a single person born into this life, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, that have not sinned. I'm telling you, all that have come into this life needed their sins paid for. Isn't that amazing? Tell you, our lives were according to the flesh were separated from God. Separated. We understand that Christ, we were made in the image of God. We understand that, right? You're not in the image of God. People get that wrong all the time, by the way. You're not in the image of God. They were in the image of God. Man was made in the image of God, then sin. We're not in the image of God. And that's why 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1, verse number 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's back in the image of God. That's why we need to be changed. Amen. That's why Paul says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. That's what it's going to be. We'll be back into the image of God, by the way. And so, but right now, right now, our lives were separated, separated because of sin from God. We know sin separates us from God. The scripture saith in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20, uh, verse number 10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says for the wages of sin and death, actually let's go back to 323, where the Bible says... Uh, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That same all is in the Old Testament when Isaiah spoke of it. And he said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Friend, it's inevitable. If you are born, sin is going to pick its ugly head up. It's just going to. So we see sin's presence... He says it in the verse. Then we see sin's penalties. It propitiation of our sin. If sin did not have a penalty, we would not need a propitiation. And so if sin's presence is in our lives, we must also consider that sin not only comes with its presence, but it's also going to come with its penalties. And so according to the Bible in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages, that means the payment of sin is death. The gift to God's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of God is Jesus Christ, and so it absolutely—it's death. Uh, James chapter one and verse number fifteen. Hence, when uh, just uh, when when lust hath conceived, uh, uh, it bringeth forth uh, sin and sin... Uh, Bringeth forth death, or something along those lines. James chapter one verse fifteen. It brings forth death is what sin does. And sin brought a death sentence for all humanity. And because of sin, death entered the human race. Death entered because of sin. There was never thorns before death, before sin. There was never plowing before death. There was never working before death. None of the I mean before sin, excuse me. There was none of those things before sin. How about that? But here we are. And he said, Adam, you're going you're gonna to work from the, from the sweat of the brow the rest of your life. That's what you're going to do. And so all of these things uh, come because of sin. The pain of childbirth come from sin. All of it come because of sin. And I'm telling you, it, apart from the propitiation of Christ and apart from the appeasing of uh, um, God for his sin uh, and providing a uh, taking away for our sin death is going to be the result Amen. death is and so we were born in sin. we understand that and you and I neither one had any way shape or form in a way of de- appeasing the righteous demands of God. you couldn't do it neither could I. And so had Christ not been willing to bear our sin and offer Himself as the sacrifice for our sin, uh, we would all be headed to hell. That's something to be thankful for this morning. Because sin has with it its penalties. Sin's going to have with it its penalties right now. The Bible tells us very clearly in Galatians that... Reap what you sow. Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. So sin has its penalties. And second, and thirdly, sin we see sin's payment. The Bible says, and He is the propitiation, friend. It may seem that I'm repeating myself, but I want to emphasize the fact that propitiation required a sacrifice to appease the righteous demand of God. I mean, this had to be a perfect sacrifice. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. And it had, it, guess what? Sin still produced with itself death. Jesus died. And friend, I'm telling you, this sacrifice had to be perfect and it had to be good enough, not for Jesus. It didn't just have to be good enough for me. That had to be good enough for God. The blood of bulls and goats were unable to bring about atonement. They couldn't do it and Christ laid down his life on the cross at Calvary in order to provide payment for my sins, for your sins, sin was atoned and God looked down from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He didn't actually say that, but I bet you he failed it. And he said satisfied, satisfied, hallelujah, when Jesus come and he spent those three days in the heart of the earth and as he spent those three days and he resurrected up to heaven and he went up there and he placed the blood on the mercy seat and he went down and led the captivity captive Uh, you know why he led them captive Uh, he led them captive took them up to heaven and placed the blood to cover their sin too Friend, I'm telling you there's a lot that took place in those three days but on the third one he still rose and guess what he was alive again and he's alive forevermore hallelujah I'm telling you friend uh, he, he fully 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 paid the price but it was a high price It was a high price. Jesus died so we could live. He bore our sin. He tasted the wrath of God. He did all of those things so we could escape the judgment of God and death that comes with sin. That's what he did. That's what he did. We cannot fully describe a propitiation apart from the sacrifice Christ made on our behalf. My behalf. Advocate with the Father, the Bible says. Therefore, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's the righteous one, friend. And I tell you, when his blood was shed, the Father was eternally pleased. He was eternally satisfied. And there will never be a need for shed blood again. There will never be a need for it again. Our salvation is secured through the propitiation work of Christ our Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews again, uh, it tells us in Hebrews 10 and verse 10, uh, the Bible says, By the which which will we are, we are sanctified, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And ever priest stated daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting until his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. He did it, friend. He did it. He did it all. And I'm thankful for His sacrifice this morning. The giving of propitiation, the grace. It was grace on why we received it, by the way. I'm done. We see the guarantee in propitiation where the Bible says, and I tell you, it's not just for me. It's not just for you. But we can take it to the bank, friend. It's for all. It's for all. And by the way, this isn't. we can't put words to the Bible here either. We cannot say, For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the ones who come by faith unto him. That's not who he's talking about. We cannot even say, but also for the whole elect. We can't say that. Many do, and you might not understand it, but many do. They add the elect to it, and they add only those. I'm not a Calvinist. So only those that will accept him. Act, act, add not to the Bible, friend. That's not what it says. This is talking about those who will accept him and those that will not accept him. It's totally there. They're died for him. It's enough. It's enough, friend. And so I tell you, I want you to look at its capacity there. It's for the whole world. It's for the whole world. John was speaking to fellow believers at that time. He said, little children, so he's speaking to fellow believers, and we understand that and get in the context of everything, he's speaking to little children, he's speaking to, his, to, to the beloved. But that's not all he's talking about. He's talking about you. He's talking about me, because he says, "Not for yours only, ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Thank God, friend. The propitiation of Christ had fully satisfied the righteous demands of God. No man could add to it. No man could take away from it. I mean, He His sacrifice on the cross brought redemption. It brought um, it brought reconciliation. It brought everything that you can possibly think of, full, free, and forever. All of it. It was full, free, and forever. Uh, And while these could rejoice in the propitiation of Christ uh, and His work on the cross, John declared that the propitiation of Christ uh, was not just for my little children, uh, but it was for the sins of the entire world. That means saluta. That means all the angels. Christ died on the cross. uh, uh, Propitiation. uh, uh, As the propitiation for sin, uh, He provided the opportunity of salvation for All. All. He made the way of salvation for those who believe upon him. No, not just that. But he made this that way of salvation for whosoever. That's what he did. Christ died on the cross thousands of years ago, but the propitiating sacrifice, it it still stands today. Friend, it still stands today. Nobody can change it. Nobody can um pervert it. Nobody can do anything along those lines because there's still only one way to heaven and it's through His blood. Amen. You can preach another gospel like some of them are in Louisiana right now. You can do whatever you want to do and you can follow them all you want to but false prophets and will all be cast into hell and we understand that and I'm telling you the truth this evening. We can pervert the gospel all we want to just like those who Paul talks about that perverted the gospel, but there's one way and it hangs, there's one door, and it hangs on three hinges, and that is the absolutely the cross, uh, that is the death, that is the life, and that is the resurrection and the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is the only way to get to heaven. You must believe on those things. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means believe in everything surrounding the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look on the Lord Jesus Christ, Brother Larry Rain said it just like that. He said that it hangs on three hinges. Hangs on three hinges. And those three hinges are simply what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Where the Bible tells us, let me read over there just clearly so we can get it. First Corinthians chapter number 1 I think it's verse number let's see maybe it's not number 1 but nonetheless the fact is it is in the death it's in the burial and it's in the resurrection of Christ that is the absolute gospel no way shape or form any other thing that you can add to it those three things is what it rests upon. And I'm telling you, friend, is as Christ died upon the cross, His propitiation sacrifice, it was not reserved for the Jews. It was not reserved for the Gentiles. It was not even reserved for the early church. It was not reserved for the, aposto- uh, the, the apostolic age. It was not reserved for the church age. But rather, Christ provided a sacrifice for all. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Its capacity, and then we see its completeness. He says, but also for the sins of the whole world. It didn't just suffice God for me, it didn't just suffice God for you, it didn't just suffice God for one sin, but it sufficed Him for all sins. He was fully appeased. His blood was sufficient to redeem all humanity. I'm thankful for that this morning. There's a lot of people that limit Christ on that. But I believe that He could save every person that ever walked the face of the earth. I believe His blood was enough. I believe believe God was appeased by that. I 100% believe that. And as he offered his shed blood as atonement of sin, the Father was completely satisfied. His blood made all the way and all that he needed to do. Christ, Christ finished the work of redemption as he died. you Mark chapter number 11, you'll find that there was a lamb. Jesus said, the Lord needs that lamb. I mean, excuse me, the donkey. There was a Lord. The Lord needs that. The Lord needs that is what he said. And in, in that day, you had, if anything had to be redeemed, it had to be paid for. And so Christ redeeming us, he was the payment for our redemption. And man, I wish I could explain it right now, but I'm telling you, there's so much that comes with it in the Father. To the Father, there was a payment gave, given. But The temple Lord says that our, our tithing, is us paying our debt. Believe it's, believe it, believe it's right. It's paying a debt. It's not my money. It's Lord's money. And I pay it to him. The practice of offering blood sacrifices actually continue to this day. In many places even sacrifice people. It still happens to this very day. To this very day. Look over in the Congo of Africa. You'll find in the Congo of Af- Africa, they still eat people. Midst of Africa. There's still cannibals there. Things still work that way. People are still sacrificing kids on the auction block of Malak. They are. It's happening in America today. They're still doing it today. As you see them aborting kids day by day. It's still happening. Just as the Babylonians did it. The only difference is. Is that they don't have to do it like the Babylonians did it. They do it and they use doctors. As their way out. That's what it is. But I'm telling you this morning. Even Christ. Christ. You might not be able to forgive that sin, but Christ can forgive that sin. It's true. Christ can forgive it. There's no way to limit Him, friend. There's no way to limit Him. Only sin that cannot be forgiven, according to Scripture, is that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. It does not say blasphemy of Jesus. It does not say blasphemy of God. It says blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Is that not right? So I'm telling you this morning, I'm thankful That God was pleased by the sacrifice of Christ. Because that accounted me. There's no other way of acceptance to God. If you're apart from Christ's salvation, your sin has not been appeased in the eyes of God. Understand that. Understand what we're getting here. It was paid for. But you'll still have to pay for it one day. When it comes to you not accepting Christ and what He did, you still have to pay for it. You remain accountable for your sin until you accept what He did for you. This is it's such a tragic and unnecessary thing because it's literally already paid for. People go to hell being loved by God. Man. I'm telling you, Christ provided for our salvation, but we must come to Him in repentance and faith if we are to receive it. And I'm thankful for that this morning. But it's saddening to me. It grieves me to think that there's people in my family, people in your family that's going to hell this morning and their sins are already paid for. They just haven't accepted it. Because of sin, we all owe the debt that we couldn't pay. We stood condemned in sin. The penalty for our sin was eternal death. We understand that. But Christ provided payment for our sin. As he offered himself as the propitiating sacrifice for sin. Are you saved this morning? There's none righteous, no not one. As is written, none righteous, no not one. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, it's very clear what the Bible has to say. And I'm thankful for the word of God. This is the gospel. Whereas by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin so death passed, by, passed upon all men for that all have sin the Bible is very clear according to the Romans wrote in the gospel the gospel moreover the law entered the fence might abound but where sin abounded grace did much more abound their sin and their saviour then he tells us, for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible tells us on a little farther in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not as the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. goes on and he tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 10, verse number 9, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth, believe in the heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever believeth on the Lord shall call for whosoever call on the Lord shall be saved. That's scripture, man. And I pray you're saved in here this morning. I think everybody is, but that's not my call. So apart from Christ, you'll never make it without him. Thank God for Christ for thank God today. Thank God today for sending Christ as your propitiation. He is my propitiation. Thank you for listening this morning. You can be standing. Lord, we love you. Thank you for another time this morning. We ask you, dear God, to just help us throughout the time, Lord, as we close out this service and as we take up this offering, Lord, uh, for a servant of yours. We ask you, dear God, that you would just help us, Lord, to give accordingly. And, Lord, just to be honored, um, Lord, that you would be honored in it. Lord, we pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, in every way to be obedient to you. We love you so much. In Jesus' precious and holy name we do pray. Thank you, Lord, for being the propitiation for my sin. Thank you, Lord, for dying on Calvary, sending your son, God, to die on Calvary. or so that I, so that I can live forever. Thank you, Lord, for that. I praise you in Jesus' name.